I'm always open to working with really good people that have a wonderful vision on how we can improve the planet and also the health of individuals and people that can see the bigger picture so it becomes a win-win-win, a win for the business, a win for the end consumer and also a win for the environment and the planet. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today in Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Pete Evans. Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a good, great day. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you on the show, Pete. For our listeners who don't already know, Pete Evans is a hugely popular celebrity chef who lives in Australia. And he's also an author and a TV star, and he produces movies. And he also has his own podcast. So this is a really, really busy guy. And we're lucky to have have him on our show. So we're going to jump right into it, Pete. You're no stranger to controversy. Over the years, you've gotten pushback on a lot of different ideas that you've endorsed. But the thing I think the people in America are going to find strange is that you've come under fire in Australia for supporting cannabis. Why do you think there's still... Yeah, why do you think there's still so much cannabis resistance down under? Oh, I think it would probably be a few different reasons. Political, religious, and industry would probably be the main one through pharmaceutical or medical associations. They probably do not want to see this uh, widespread and, and readily available. You know, that wouldn't be the top reason on my list, but has there been any movement at all? Is, is it getting better down there? No, it's it's. we have medical cannabis available very 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 difficult for people to access i think there might be five thousand people out of a population of 25 million that have access to it and it's extremely expensive to give you an idea a friend of mine that i interviewed recently is a a brain tumor and his yearly bill for medical cannabis is 100,000 australian dollars which would roughly be about 60000 or 65000 American dollars or US dollars. Oh, my dollars. gosh. Uh, another woman I interviewed who has a child with epilepsy, I think she's paying about 50000 Australian dollars to for something that they could probably grow at home or through a community garden for basically free. So there's a lot of money being made through the medical associations and the pharmaceutical. So, yeah, we'll come back to that point again is why is there such pushback? And it's it, there wants to be a certain amount of control from the governing bodies and the people that have this, I guess, industry locked down at the moment. Yeah. But as we know in Australia, there's probably, from my understanding, the latest figures I saw was anywhere from half a million to a million people purchasing black market or what we would call the green market illegal cannabis for their medical reasons, but that's got nothing to do with the recreational side. So major imbalance here and the system is broken and it seems to be continually uh, very, very difficult for what is a very simple plant for people to grow with no known real side effects. We're very backwards here in Australia at the moment on this and many other topics as well. Well, considering how things are changing so rapidly throughout the rest of the world. It would just seem that there would be more interest in that continent 
it's just kind of mind-boggling at this time that there would be still so much resistance. You know, as someone with a background in nutrition, do you see opportunities to add cannabis into a healthy diet? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I've just finished filming a documentary for the last year or so. I traveled through America, Canada, also through Australia, and interviewed everyone from historians through to cutting-edge scientists from Israel who were sort of leading the charge, so to speak, on the scientific side of it, through the doctors, patients, growers, and, of course, uh, recreational users or consumers, and including chefs and people that have a vested interest in all the different applications and ways that cannabis can be used. Chefs are having wonderful results by having a new herb especially with cannabis because there's so many different cultivars or strains that are available with different terpene profiles. So we're seeing great interest now with home cooks and chefs alike that are, that are now being free to use this, this plant to flavor certain dishes in a way that has not really been explored over the last 100 years. And on the other side of that, I can definitely say that cannabis isn't for everybody in any of those forms. So it's like everything. You have to work out why you were attracted to it or why you're repulsed by it and then dig a little deeper as to what that is. Is it a belief system or is it something that just doesn't agree with you at this particular point in time? Or has it been a past experience where perhaps the first time you experienced cannabis, maybe in a recreational setting maybe it wasn't the right setting Mm -hmm. i remember when i was a kid and i tried it when i was 16 worried about my parents finding out or the police catching me and i had no idea what i was smoking and where it was from and how it was grown and what cultivar it was and what thc or cbd level it had in it so all of those things can compound an experience for somebody and it's like if i'm a chef for instance and i I'm about to cook you dinner and I'm going to serve you chicken liver, for instance. But the first time you tried chicken liver, somebody overcooked it and it tasted like shit. (laughs) (laughs) You would probably be like, hey, I I don't want to go anywhere near those livers again. (laughs) Pass on the chicken liver. Imagine if that first experience of trying livers was in a beautiful restaurant cooked by somebody that knew what they were doing. And it could have been the best meal of your life. So there's all of these things to take into consideration with cannabis. That's what I'm attempting to explore in our documentary and give a very wide-ranging view of what this plant is and what it isn't. And to go back to your first statement or question to do with nutrition, I think it's very important, as with all of these pillars of health that I like to call it, whether it be nutrition, how we sleep, how our internal or external dialogue is to ourselves and to the world and our emotional relationships that we have, as well as our connection to nature and movement and avoidance of, I guess, toxic environments and toxic pollutants. I think not one is more important than the other, but I do see a lot of people putting all of their hopes into cannabis as being a treatment or a cure for their illness. And I would say that to have a balanced view to say, yes, it does have medicinal properties to it. But if you continue to eat the same foods that may be brought about that illness, then all the cannabis in the world may not treat 
or fix that health problem. Same thing if you're in a job or a relationship that has caused you stress, all the cannabis in the world may not be able to fix that depression or PTSD or anxiety or, or relationship trauma if you're still continuing to attract those negative relationships or patterns that put you there in the first place. So I take a very wide holistic view of, of what health is, but in saying that, cannabis can be used as an adjunct or as a healing modality, but I wouldn't put all my eggs into that one basket and say cannabis is the, the magic pill for everybody. Like just the same as I wouldn't say that nutrition is the magic pill for everybody because we have to look at all those pillars yeah, yeah. Well, of that's, health. That's a really good point. What's the name of the documentary? It's going to be called The Magic Plant. Okay. okay. <laughs> because my first film was called The Magic Pill, which actually food as a healing tool. And The Magic Plant, the question is, is this a magic plant? And it's the question that I asked everybody that I could find, <laughs> from the growers to the, to the naysayers to everybody. When do you, is this when, a magic plant? And, and when is it going to be released? Probably sometime in 2020. Okay. And it's getting edited at the moment, and like all good things, some things take time. Sure. It'll come to maturity when it's ready, and it'll be shared when it's time. Well, I didn't mention in the intro, but you're also an entrepreneur. You have a number of different business interests. And do you intend to pursue maybe a business in cannabis? I've been a chef for 30 years and I have many businesses and different ventures that I've gone into over those 30 years from restaurants to making our own TV shows about food to hosting TV shows to producing documentaries and also creating a line of food products and also being an ambassador for food products. So cannabis, I see, is another, I guess, it is a healing tool and I am very interested in, in working in this space. Currently I work with a company called Magical Butter that makes oh, sure. a wonderful machine that you can make your own medicine out of or make your own edibles out of. It's a wonderful tool. So that's one of the first ones. I'm just working with a company called Greeny, which is G-R-E-E, I should say, N-Y, which is out of the States, which is an online platform which sells cannabis products in the health spectrum. So talking about beauty, pet products, uh, cooking products, and they're all based around CBD and hemp at the moment. So I'm working with them as well. As mentioned, the documentary will be coming out soon. And... I'll be looking at doing a range of high-grade medicinal products using cannabis. So that'll come out in 2020 as well. Wow. You have a lot on your plate. And I know that for a lot of our listeners are in the industry and they're always looking for investors. So there probably <laughs> be people hitting you up to say, hey, you want to take a look at our business? But Yeah, I'm, I'm always open to working with really good people that have a wonderful vision on how we can improve the planet and also the health of individuals and people that can see the bigger picture. So it becomes a win-win-win, yeah. a win for the business, a win for the end consumer, and also a win for the environment and the planet. And I think once you can tick all of those boxes in any business venture, then you can create something quite wonderful because you, your heart is aligned with doing goodness in the world. And the other part that I see has great potential, which I'm very open to exploring, is the role of cannabis in the cooking space and also the restaurant 
space and the wellness space. So looking at different ideas on how we can bring cannabis mainstream through cafes, restaurants, takeouts, fast food franchises, these types of things that, again, goes back to those principles of a win-win-win. To give you an idea, when we look at the edible space in cannabis at the moment and the drink space in cannabis, I'm especially the edible space throughout the US and Canada, all I'm seeing is refined sugar and high fructose corn syrup and additives and preservatives and numbers that will do more harm than good. And even if it has the cannabis in it, I, I, I just call it junk. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's an enormous room there for good entrepreneurs to come through with quality products because most of it is terrible at the moment and and (laughs) I would say will cause cancer or will cause disease of some sort if people consume that type of food. Wow. Well, for our listeners, if you have an idea or your business that's up and running that checks those boxes that Pete talked about, I think it'd be a good time to reach out to Pete. I'll have all of his contact information on the MJ Bulls website. Pete, it's been great having you on the show. Hey, brother. So thankful for you inviting me to have a good chat. And I I really appreciate the questions. And I think it's a really exciting space. Very proud to be a part of it. And let's hope that we can continue to keep these conversations going where it is about the future of, of cannabis so that it can express itself in the best possible way for humanity and for the rest and for the planet and I'm looking forward to seeing how all of this, this this grows in a very organic way. Well, as it grows, we'd like to have you back on the show so we can hear what you're up to next. Yeah, when the film comes out, I would love to come on and, and we can talk about it in depth if you like. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thanks again, and we will speak to you soon. Thanks, brother. See you, mate. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.